0: You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far on Vince's No, play. no, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such a no, no, suck-up. No, no. you, you defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is the Jabberknocker
1: Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabber Knocker Podcast. As always, is Nelson Mania, alongside for the ride is a man that I was willing to have the podcast with, but they decided to show up out of the blue and then beat me in 26 seconds, JC. JC, thank you for being on the program.
0: Look at my what do you see? The concept of personality. Now we ain't gonna talk about that fucking Summerslam bullshit yet, because Nestlemania, we had one of the greatest, if not the greatest, return moments of all time on Friday night. Is that fair to say?
1: Well, you're not gonna get an argument out of me for sure.
0: I, how do you? You I saw, are my Nobel Prize. That song's been stuck in my head since Friday. I just can't help it. I it's love a great that song. song. It's a great song. Oh, so good.
1: So, obviously, we're going to start off We're talking about CM Punk. CM Punk returns. It was great that they started off the show. They had the long entrance. They cut the commercial. They have him come back. A lot of people, specifically Booker T, came out and said that uh, he spent too much time talking about the WWE and the ice cream bars and the whole thing. I think Booker T does a great job of trying to stay relevant in a world where he, he's pretty irrelevant right now. Uh, but uh, for me, I cried because, uh, again, CM, here's the thing with me, uh, full, full bias aside, uh, JC knows this specifically, is uh, I said after 2011... I just didn't have a person to cheer for. I had no you know, woman or guy that was my person. CM Punk was the last guy that I really had a connection to emotionally. It was good to see him back. Uh, the crowd clearly cared for him in Chicago. It was the best place to have it. Uh, I, you know, A lot of people say it gets the buzz talking. It gets everything talking again. So honestly, I think this is super positive for everybody involved. Obviously, other people are going to make the joke about the Colt Cabanas and other people that don't get along with Punk right now. But I'm assuming that's, that stuff is always professional. Uh, but I, I just, I, in my life, it's like, it's almost one of those things where you pinch yourself. You're like, is this really happening? Is it really happening? And he, and he did t- return. And in, in a huge way, he stated everything he wanted to state. And, of course, he said, I have every Friday, every Wednesday, a couple of pay-per-views and all this other stuff. So it sounds like he's sticking around for a while. It doesn't seem like it's a short, short-term deal or anything like that, which is uber exciting. Um, maybe he'll get the Brock Lesnar to me. What do you think, J.C.?
0: So those first off, those 17 minutes that we got at the beginning of Rampage were 17 of my favorite minutes of wrestling all time. Like I, CM Punk, like he's amazing. I've always loved him as a character. There's some of the things like maybe I think I was talking to people. I think I just don't really care for Phil Brooks that much, but I love CM Punk because he just he was always someone who always did things his way, even when he shouldn't have. And I love that he was always entertaining. He was he was just good across the board. So obviously it's one of those things like, do I did I always get annoyed with the CM Punk chants, all this crap. Do I make fun of him coming back and whatever? Yeah, but that doesn't mean I didn't love every minute of this because this was fucking special. It was cool. It's got me thinking about the future of it. And like you said, he's sticking around. He's going to be on TV again on Wednesday. He's already has a matchbook with Darby Allin right off the bat. Boom, working with one of the hottest young stars in the biz. I actually have a hope about CM Punk. I'll get to later, but I loved all of this. I also love that. You know, after the show, him and Tony Khan did like a press conference where he could just answer questions. Cause I think that's the thing that really adds to something like this is that AEW has really done better. It's just one of those things like they have the on screen characters. They do all that, but I think part of the reason like we really care about some of those characters is we get that little mix of realness. Like we get like these press conferences after the fact, like he had his 10 minutes in the rain as on a promo, but then like we got to hear from him as a person, his experience, his reasons for doing things. And. I just think all of that is cool across the board. And honestly, when I was watching this, like I didn't get the vibe that he was trashing WWE the whole time. Sure, his message was that he left wrestling, pro wrestling, and was it 2005 and came back or whatever it was. Pretty much skipped his whole WWE career. Whatever. That it doesn't bother me. I, the ice cream bar stuff was hilarious because that was something he was famous for. I love that he did it. He paid for himself. All that stuff was cool. I think if you're coming out negative against it, like, I mean, you have a motive. Like, whatever. We get it. We know who Booker T is. We love Booker T, but we know what he is and why he's doing what he's doing. I said, uh, jokingly, it was like a take from our boy Ray Ray, because he always loves to throw out the anti-AEW stuff for fun. But overall, man, this was so fucking cool. In a weekend where we had a lot of returns, this one was by far the best. I'm excited for where it's going. And, I mean, we could spend the entire show on CM Punk. But we have a lot of shit
1: to get to. We do, and I don't know what else we can say except that you know we're going to be excited for Darby Allen. We're going to be excited for All Out and all that stuff. I mean, there's going to be more to talk about. There's more meat on the bones. And like he said, I can't say everything right now, but I can tell you I've got time, and that's the most important thing to him is he has the time um, to express how he feels. So for me, obviously, I don't want to see him wrestle every week. I think that takes his specialness away with him. He's in that category as we usually talk about JC. But I'm really excited too because, like I said, it creates a feeling of wrestling is important. And we've always known that WWE makes things feel important. We always know that WWE is the most important thing in the world, but something specific to me is that CM Punk went out of that world into back into professional wrestling with AEW. And he, whether he knows it or not, he made everybody turn heads and he made everybody notice a product that was doing very well. But now Everything is going to be centered on that because I think he brings more eyeballs and more of an audience with him. And it proved it, I guess, in terms of the demo and the whole what the rating was. So I'm very excited for it. And uh, I'm not going to get too excited because I'm sure this is uh, equal or greater than TJ and and Garni Gargano's relationship uh, for Nestlemania and and, uh, CM Punk. So let's move on. Let's get into the things that I think are very important. Might as well go right into SummerSlam.
0: And we kicked off the show in WrestleMania just as we predicted last week on the show with Bro, RK Bro versus AJ and Omos for the Raw Tag Team Champions. Look at man. I, this, I watched this like twice. I watched it once live and then I rewatched this and a couple other things like the next day. I like to do that sometimes to kind of see like if my impressions were more of just excitement or whatever. But the first time I watched it, it was a fine match. I liked it. We all just wanted the moment. We got it after the match. They did the post. But when I rewatched this match, you kind of notice different things. And specifically for me, I was watching Randy Orton, and he's usually very good at staying in character. But all throughout this process, and we've seen glimpses of it in the backstage segments and stuff, you could see this motherfucker's having the time of his life with Riddle. And you saw it even more on Monday, which we'll get to. Just watching him is like, I'm watching Randy Orton have fun. And, like, you know, we know usually his fun is doing evil, dastardly things. But for me, just watching him do this, and I'm like, damn. This might be the first time in his career that Randy Orton is legitimately a genuine babyface right now, and it works because he still has his edge. But just, like, pairing him with Riddle, like, it doesn't feel forced with him being a quote-unquote good guy. Like, and I was just watching. I was like, wow, that's actually really cool. Made me appreciate the moment more. Like, these guys are on top of the world. You know, we can talk about how they maybe botched some stuff in the lead-up. Didn't matter to me because this was a lot of fun throughout.
1: It's funny because I have the exact same feeling about most of what you said, but the one thing that really threw me off was I wrote down – this was a reminder for me when I was watching that Orton is a terrible baby face in some a- aspects of what he does, and you can tell that he's just like – it's not that he's not committal. He is. He's definitely committal to what he's doing. It's just he's committing to it, but maybe it's just me because I, I I know like when I'm watching I want my Randy Orton to be this way, and I have to, I have to give a bigger – scope of it and think, okay, well, clearly Randy Orton is doing the best he can in the situation, but something about him getting the crowd behind him is just odd to me, and it doesn't doesn't fit, and I'm sure over time, I'll learn to love it, it's just, the team's great, it makes more sense, I know, um, especially on Monday night, it was very kind of interesting in the way that it unfolded, at least we can talk about it at some point, but uh, obviously RKO wins in a big way, and the crowd just erupted and and loved both men, so I mean, that, that was really the key there, it didn't matter what happened, the crowd loved it.
0: Yep. Next up, speaking of crowd, loving it, match of the night, Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie. I mean, this is exactly what I expected it to be, except for I didn't expect Eva to actually wrestle this much. So good for her, you know, it's better than what we used to be. But Bliss got the win as expected. Dewdrop lasted her. They broke up. We move on our way. But hey, you know, I think uh I think this this is one of those storylines where I look at it, it is what it was. As much as like there are things like they used it for the perfect length of what it needs to be, and now it's over and it's done, and it made sense. So I can't hate
1: it. No, I, and I totally just I totally agree with you. But the one thing I wanted to say was the star of here was Do You can talk about Alexa Bliss, you can talk about Eva Marie, but they went out of their way, especially on Monday night, but specifically on Saturday night, to do this whole thing where she announced that Eva Marie was the you know the loser and wrong and all that stuff. Like I, I appreciated that more than anything because you know Do is really the person I'm kind of thinking is the X factor and all this. We already know. The stats of Eva Marie. We already know the stats and, and the feeling that Alexa Bliss gives people. Do drop to me on a bigger on a bigger scale in terms of like what she can accomplish or what she can do. It's still we know what she's good at, but I think when she gets to Raw or SmackDown, now you're getting to see a little bit more of what she can do. Uh, we already know she's great in the ring, but for specifically for this Impact, I, I thought, hey, she did a great job on Saturday and even better job on Monday.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's been my whole thing when this thing started is people complaining about Eva Marie. I'm like, you guys aren't seeing what they're doing here. They're using Eva Marie to get a new star, a new call up that 90% of the audience isn't familiar with over. And guess what? Say what you want about it. It's working. So Eva Marie is elevating people, which I never thought would be the day, but they found a way to take something that has so many flaws. They glare you in the face, but use it positively to do something else and I think it works so bravo next up speaking of positive and finding ways to make something work Damian Priest is your new US champion some people had this match against Sheamus as match of the night I thought it was very good it might be I feel like we've said this a lot about a lot of these US title matches during Sheamus' run is that they're like been very very good wrestling matches they were given time Priest, man, this guy has become a star. He's just cool. Like, you look at him, like, the entrance to me, I still watch him. like, man, this choreographed shit is, like, whatever. But him just being him, when they just, like, if they take away all the bullshit around him and let him just, like, walk around, the motherfucker's cool. I don't know what it is. Even when he can't fucking talk, he's still fucking cool. So I thought it was cool that the cool guy won the title. Yeah, the other thing,
1: too, is something that I picked up when I was watching and I thought it was definitely very telling about our boy Seamus was So the crowd started chanting when he did the beats of the Ballery and he just stopped and he looked at everybody and was like, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. And those are the, when people are in the driver's seat like that, and I just appreciate those moments where he realized he was getting the opposite reaction he probably should have, stopped, recollected himself, and then went, hey, I know what I'm doing. And and, And he helped Priest out in so many ways in that matchup to get him and maximize his moment. And he became the United States champion. But I don't think Sheamus came out looking like, you know, an idiot at the end of this. I think he came out looking like a star and also the, the fall there was that random fall when he, he does this random thing from the inside to the outside from the middle roll flip over for his size. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's spectacular. You don't have to be Keith Lee, but honestly I think he needs to stop that stuff out of his repertoire because eventually it's for someone his size, he's going to have back problems very quickly if he already doesn't have them. And just from my point of view, I, I want to see this guy, you know, have a nice long career, but he needs to be a little bit safer in the ring and I know it's SummerSlam. You want to go all out. You want to do all these cool things. But he does that on a regular basis on Monday Night Raw as well. So for me, I was just kind of taken aback by it and went, "Yeah, we're we're already excited by this match. You don't need to give everybody everything." And I know it's pay per view. You want to go it, but it just there's certain things like that, JC, that kind of make me go. You can find other ways to make everybody go wow. You don't have to do those things.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. But at the same time, I'm thankful we willing to do it because that's just what he does. But going on, so we're going from one Ben Boy to a tag team of Ben Boys Usos they beat the Mysterio. Match was fun right result I don't have much else to say here
1: no I mean it was the right result like you said the Usos win and I, I, I'm I, interested to see where this this goes because it really shined for the Usos and, and that's something that was kind of lost in translation a lot of this because it's been Dom and, and, and uh, Ray kind of having this issue forever but I'm really excited to see what happens going forward for both teams, because I think, like you said, Street Profits and new souls will be super hot fire. But also, Dom and Ray breaking up is an interesting story, because I think with the brand coming, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, the bland, sorry, the brand sp- split, excuse me, easy for me to say. The bland split? The bland split, yeah. It might as well be bland. Uh, so <laughs> I, I can see Dominic moving to a raw, Ray staying on SmackDown. I think that would be a lot of uh, interesting, oh, because SmackDown just loads up all the stars, at least, at this point.
0: Yeah. So, well, we're speaking of that, um, so at this point in the pay-per-view, I'm feeling pretty, I'm pretty damn good. It's been a solid undercard. We had some fun matches. Next up, we got Bianca, Sasha, too. I'm all hyped up. But obviously, you know, Sasha, not there. So, like, okay, well, we're going to get Carmella or Zelina. Out comes Carmella. She does a little strut. I'm like, okay, we're getting uh, the rerun 3000, Bianca, Carmella, whatever. It'll be another big win for Bianca. Then a cool thing happened, in WrestleMania. Becky Lynch returned because... We've been waiting for this. We knew it was on deck. We like the rumors were it was maybe a little later in the fall. But she's been posting pictures. She's in good physical shape. So she gets the big pop. It's really cool. It's like wow, we're gonna get a nice stare down here. But we didn't. We got a. I mean, it's hard to even call it a match because it's literally what we saw happen with Brock and Kofi. It was Uh, was a squash. It was a a squash. Thank you. She punched her in the face and. Hit a rock bottom, but they're now calling a man slam in uh, one, two, three. And that's how Bianca's reign as champion ends, and Becky's back, and she's the champion. Yeah. I, I can't say I was thrilled with it, honestly. I really wasn't.
1: I think you're understating it. I think a lot of people on the internet were very yeah. upset, and I think you're being very, very nice about it. It was wrong. I mean, no matter how you slice it, it was wrong. Now, now,
0: granted, it fucking sucked. How about that? It yeah. fucking sucked.
1: No, I mean, Left it, down.
0: Horrible. That, Hated
1: it. Here's, here's my two cents on it. You know, we don't know everything, so we don't know if Becky. Couldn't wrestle or clear. We don't know if Bianca could wrestle or clear. We definitely know that Sasha couldn't be clear. Well,
0: Bianca wrestled two matches on Friday, so I'd assume she was fine. That's right. why I thought maybe it was the other side because you can be, and you can attest to this if someone used to wrestle. You can be in shape, but she might not have been like wrestling shape.
1: And that's and that's that's it right there. But the other thing too is. You know, you could have had Carmella with, you know, the match against Bel Air, then afterwards have this big moment and then stare down and that's the end of it. You know, you don't have to give her the. That's exactly what you could have done. Now, granted, we don't know. We have no idea that this is the the situation that is uh, unfolded in front of us. And so it is. I did appreciate Nikki Bella going out and saying what she did on on the Internet. That was really cool. Um, Obviously, she knows that that's how the rest of us feel. I do feel like no matter what people people can pick a side. It doesn't really matter, or you can stay on the fence because JC likes to sit on picket fences. But for me, I feel like the way that it was booked, you're kind of booking Becky into heel territory here. She sucker puncher, and so like when they say she's the biggest star, like they're trying to make a bigger deal about it, and that's fine because she's a big star. Yeah, I get it, but she's probably a heel because you spent all this yeah. time with Bianca making her the face of the company or the face of the, the division at least with the help of Sasha. It's incredibly frustrating as a crowd, and I'm sure, you know, people just don't care because they're like, ah, it makes more sense. You know, people are freaking out because of other things that are going on, and Becky needs to be here and there, whatever, everywhere, on top of a truck, whatever. Face needs to be everywhere. I get it, but it's hard because... That's what my name.
0: Yeah, Can I call a spade a spade? Yeah. So this is my take. I don't know if it's right or not. Maybe this was planned. But the way I see it, the way that I observed it, the way I took it in is that WWE panicked on Friday night with the CM Punk thing and they tried to one up it with not one but two returns this was the first one I believe that Becky was returning soon but I think they were going to save it for later in September maybe another moment maybe there's a big Smackdown episode or something like that but I think they rushed it up and they freaked out and they're like you know what we should do fucking give her the title they, I think they completely panicked that's my take you can I don't know any information about that that's just the way I saw it people can disagree with it I don't care that's the way I took it they panicked they made a bad decision and this is like typical what WWE does. They built Bianca up to where she legitimately had become one of the faces of this company and one of the a great champion, someone that you can have there, a great run. And then they literally just like, they like pushed it aside immediately to like shove Becky back in. And it's just, it's frustrating to see that. And like people can make the arguments, oh, they did this because yeah, Becky's going to be a heel now and Bianca, uh, Bianca will be better, Casey, blah, blah, blah. But it's like. I don't, I, you can tell me that all you want. I'm still going to feel the way I feel that I'm disappointed. I think they did Bianca Dirty. Becky didn't need this. Like it just, it's, they, they can go and they can have a great match in a month. It's still, I don't think it helps this. I still think this was horrible. I hated it. I was one of those whining virgins on the internet for once. I had my picket fence out, pick a, uh, sign and picket fence, whatever you want to call it. I was pissed. I hated this. This kind of ruined the night for me. Not going to lie.
1: So everything after this was just kind of eh?
0: Not necessarily because other stuff. Well, I mean, the thing directly after this, Drew beat Jinder. I don't even fucking care. We can skip that. Yep. But um, I will say this is that as much as we have shat on fucking Raw Triple Set, that match was a lot of fun. And you know what? What was the best part of that match, Adam, by far?
1: Charlotte. Better yet,
0: who was the best part of that match by far? Charlotte. Charlotte, 100%. So as much as I would have loved to see Nikki get her moment, I didn't fucking care that Charlotte won the title Because it was yet another reminder that Charlotte is the fucking best She should almost never lose She should probably always be champion So you know what? Fuck the haters And here's the thing That motherfucker As much as people hate her gets some of the biggest pops no matter what And she tries to be as heal as she can She's another one like Sheamus Who constantly has to twist the crowd We can talk more about it with her promo on Monday But it's just like We all still fucking cheer No why WrestleMania? Because she's fucking really good So you know what? She was the best part of that match. At the end, I was like, yeah, she should win. She was. She had the awesome corkscrew. She had this and that. Like, Charlotte should always be the champ. Hold it forever. I don't care. I mean, I, I
1: didn't really necessarily enjoy the match for me. I thought it was kind of okay. I, for me, there were certain points, and again, it's probably part triple threat, part these three don't have like chemistry, in my opinion, that is above where it should be. But it felt like at some points in this matchup, it felt like somebody was waiting for a bus, like waiting for a move to happen for too long, or you know, whoop, 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 all that stuff. And it just kind of happened, which I understand, but it's not great. And it didn't make anybody feel great watching it for me. Obviously it's kind of a car wreck with a triple threat. Cause A go goes up against B, B throws C out. Then A, you know, A gets out and C and B fight. And it's just, I get it. But after a while it was just like, okay, is Charlotte winning? Fine. Let's just get this over with for me. That's how I felt about it. Because, not that I don't appreciate Charlotte. I just felt like
0: you don't appreciate Charlotte. No, okay. I, I do. It's okay to say it. It's okay to say it because almost, I probably don't even appreciate Charlotte enough, and I fucking fluff her feathers all the time. But it's just like, oh. she's so fucking good, man. All right, well. By the way, the affinity gauntlet like outfit thing, yeah. when she came out with that, Shayna Baszler's suit was perfect. She's like, she had all the affinity stones. How is she not going to win?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And honestly, she looks great in purple. So I, 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 when I see Charlotte in purple, I'm already ready to go. So it's fun. Moving on to something that really surprised me was the – the, the my, my fun part of the entire night was the, the Edge Brood entrance. I love the brood. It bounces. They had the fire, the whole thing, especially from Friday night, which we really probably don't need to get into because, you know, they couldn't say it was a, you know, blood substance. They said it was a, a gooey substance or some sort. To it agree. was
0: still fucking awesome.
1: It was awesome. Uh, our boy Dom had a little bit of a problem with the uh, the transition from music to music from on this day, but. I loved it.
0: I thought Sorry, it was, Dom. I, I loved
1: thought it. I thought it was great. Uh, the, to me, this was the match of the night. If not, it was it's up there in conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed everything about it. The only thing that I really didn't like, which fell flat for me was the finish because I felt like, and I I don't have a problem with the tapping, but just like the wrenching of the the headlock for me was just such a, we've talked about this at nauseum, JC on this program. It's just a submission finish for me is always kind of like secondary. I'd rather not use it if necessary. I get it for certain reasons. But I, and I, it—you can talk me into why it was. I just wish the move was different. I wish it was the move, the cross face that he was using on, on Roman and the Usos. It could have been the execution. It could have been anything. I just felt like you put people in rest holds, and it looked so similar to a rest hold with a crank that I was just like, eh. That really soured it for me. But the rest of the match was still a plus. It's just that little thing that yeah, I remember. No, I honestly, I agree,
0: hundred percent. This match was my match of the night as well. The finish, I mean, like you said, I'm going to feel the same with as submissions. There are very few that where it's like, oh my God, what a moment. Like, it just like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of like they're holding it like, oh my God, is are going to tap. Yeah, who cares? And then they, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of the time it's a letdown. I think it was. They're pretty much a submission finish is a steel cage of fucking finishes. So, um, that's, that's that. But yeah, I still think that this is the right decision. I think the reasoning there to answer your question of why they wanted, uh, Edge to tap out Rollins is that I think they really wanted a definitive win for edge even if these two fight again i think they wanted a no doubt definitive and tapping out is pretty definitive because the guy's literally giving up and i think that i said in our predictions last week that i thought edge needed this more than anyone the way it was i think it was perfect rollins is pretty indestructible right now so i have zero negative things to say about any of this
1: do you even want to talk about the new day in the moisture you just want to go right into your boy goldberg and billy or Bobby, excuse me.
0: I mean, it was funny. I will say that people are, some of the people I was watching with, they aren't, they've been like, they've always liked wrestling, but they haven't really watched it recently. They all were saying like Johnny drip drip and America's moist wanted is one of the funniest things we've ever seen. And that might be their favorite thing. So it was a lot of fun segment. I'm glad they got it because it is It's good TV. It's whatever as weird it is. And we'll get into Monday. I'm sure. But yeah, we can head right to, uh, the co-main event.
1: So obviously this was a longer Goldberg match. Uh, Shout-out to my boy. I say my boy. He's not my boy. Shout-out to Channing Thomas, who was one of the Goldberg security guards on the left-hand side there. Uh, he's a New England wrestling stud. Um, he doesn't really know me very well. But anyway, uh, I've called a couple of his matches. He's, he's probably going to get called uh, to the uh, NXC roster at some point just because he's awesome. Anyway, so we have this whole thing going on with the Goldberg, and it wasn't a masterpiece in terms of technicality and, and all this other stuff that they do, or, or technical masterpiece, excuse me. Uh, But it ended with uh, Goldberg not being able to continue uh, after the knee. I actually didn't see this coming. I actually liked it because I thought it worked for Bobby. Uh, And then, of course, after the match, we have your boy Gage Goldberg gets involved, jumping Bobby from behind, then gets thrown in the hurt lock. It's an odd place to put kids uh, under 18 kind of jumping in there. Um, But it's good heel heat. I get that. Uh, For me... I didn't necessarily understand the promo on Monday because if he was jumping from behind and, and then he picked him up and put him in the hurt locker, a hurt locker, excuse me, You, you, the person's eventually in front of you. You see who it is, you should stop. He didn't stop. Now you can say he saw red and I understand that, but there's no place, This, this. I, I know you're going to tell me the opposite, JC, but there's no place in the world for, in my opinion, kids under 18 getting involved physically, at least at this point, I don't think it is. And, and honestly, this doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth because honestly, it makes me feel like when that crown jewel happens in October, we're going to get Goldberg rematch Bobby, and there's a very real chance that Goldberg wins this one.
0: Uh, I don't think he'll win it, but I will say this, WrestleMania, and I was kind of shocked watching this. I actually kind of enjoyed the actual match, like in a weird way. Like just knowing what to expect when you have a Goldberg match, never mind a Lashley match, even though he's gotten better, putting him with Goldberg, you're going to regret him 20 years. But for what it was, I didn't mind it. Because I was watching, I was going – Goldberg's doing shit? Like, he had, like, three moves that he doesn't ever do. So I was just like, you know what? Give it credit for that. I personally hated the finish because, like, to me, like I get why they did it, and it still, like, makes Bobby look dominant, and they sub rematch, but, like, it just, it, it always feels like a cop-out when they do shit like that. And I was like, whatever. I like, I just, I don't love that kind of stuff, so it kind of took away from me actually enjoying the match. I enjoyed the hurt locked in with Gage because it just, like, that was, that was the moment that... Like, people, like, I mean, the crowd went nuts for because it's just like, it was... Yeah, because no, nobody likes him. No,
1: nobody likes him, that's why.
0: I, I mean, it's, no one likes a kid that's the son of someone that they grew up, or like, it seems like a spoiled rich kid, but, I mean, I think it's kind of cool for the kid to kind of hang out with his dad or whatever, and, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought it was actually a cool moment. Um but, I, yeah, they're definitely going to do this again. It's definitely going to be a Crown Jewel, which that's a perfect place for it, as we always say. But I don't think Goldberg wins. I really don't. I think the only way, if he did win, Big E would cash in immediately. But to have Big E cash in Saudi Arabia, I don't know if I love the idea of that. So I think Lashley's just going to beat him next time. Let's go with that.
1: I hope to Christ you're right, because honestly, if it's not, I'm going to be really, really, really upset by it. I, I am. Um so then we get to the the down and dirty main event of the evening. We have, are you team Cena or are you team Reigns? Um, I thought this match was great. I thought it had a big game feel, for sure. Um, they did a great job with Roman and his element, talking trash and hey Hollywood, holla at your boy. What's he gonna do now after I kick his ass? Like just just saying everything he could, and they kind of you know intermingled the one two three. It was kind of weird because Cena's always been like on the the good side of clumsy for me, like. There's there's a good clumsy and a bad clumsy and this one for me was like the one two three small package stuff on a guy who's uh, looks like Hercules just doesn't work to me, but it it made sense and I was really loving it again. Didn't really love the ending because it didn't feel like it felt like it was a generic move. It was a spear or whatever that ended it. I get why it happened and it was definitive and that's what I wanted, but I would have I think someone else said it. I would rather him pass out to the choke or save the spear to the end or, you know, because I feel like we saw the spear at least twice before that. And that, that was hard for me to, to really look at.
0: Yeah, that didn't bother me as much. Obviously, whenever I watch a John Cena match, and he's going to lose. I thought it would have been really cool to have him tap out for the first time ever, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. So, well, I knew I wasn't going to get that, but I thought that would have really made it special because, yeah, I agree the match was a lot of fun. I thought it was perfect to what it needs to be. I enjoyed the hell out of it, but National Mania. Second biggest return of the weekend. Fucking Viking, the Viking himself. Maybe he'll fucking leave the Viking Raiders to start him. Brock Lesnar is back. Like, that pop was cool. It's one of those things like with Brock, like, you know, he's always lurking. You know, all Vince has to do is, like, pick up the phone and just start throwing money through it. Brock was going to come, and that clearly was probably the hang-up of why he hasn't been back in a while. But I think after Friday, again, when I mentioned the other one was a panic move, I think uh Saturday morning at 6.01 a.m., that phone was picked up and a blank check was mailed to his house. And yeah, there he was. I love the new look because it's hilarious. I love Brock kind of coming off as a good guy against Roman, which is just fucking wild to see. I love that we're now going to have a custody of Paul Heyman feud because Heyman's face was hilarious as this is going on. I thought everything about this return was perfect. It was the complete opposite of the one from earlier in the night. It was probably my second favorite moment of the weekend after the CM Punk stuff. Um, I'd have to think about that, but probably just because, I mean, look, like, we feel a lot of the same things about Brock that most people do, but at the same time, I think you and I really appreciate like the greatness of what Brock brings. So for me, I thought this was fun. I was surprised, we're, I mean, who knows, maybe Brock Roman isn't at extreme Rules. Maybe this is a tease for Crown Jewel, because you never know with Brock. But either way, to know that it's on the radar and the Paul Heyman thing, this thing has a lot of legs.
1: It does, and it also gets me very excited for finally maybe we get Lashley versus, uh, you know, Lesnar. And I think that's really what I want to see. Uh, it's not going to be pretty either way, but uh, the one thing that I would, did want to say is Roman Reigns has been on a tear. Just mowing down motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Just doing it. But then Brock comes out, and, and in my head, subconsciously, I went, Brock's better. I, I, and I, know, I don't necessarily believe that, but my brain led me to that conclusion already. When I saw the stare down, Do i I went, he's less than, no matter how much tribal chief is there, no matter how much bells and whistles you can do and how amazing he's been, for some reason, and I'm probably wrong, but in my head, my natural state went back to, yeah, Lesnar's is just fucking awesome. Way better.
0: I just have, I have a follow-up question because I think maybe, I'm not saying this the reason, but this is the way that maybe it is. Roman's on TV every week, so we see him every week, whereas Brock, every time Brock appears on TV, it's special because it's so rare. Do you think that's maybe why you think like that? Maybe. Because I could
1: see that. Maybe. That I, makes sense to me. Maybe. Then that, that's, that's a fair assessment to make. But for me, I just, I think here's the other issue to that, JC, is he just beat up Roman Reigns in his entire career for most of it. Like, he's either beaten him or there's been some chicanery. And there's always that, that one SummerSlam, obviously, that he won. And then it was like, all right, get out, everybody, so nobody could boo him. But it, that was it. Like, everything else is just like, Brock beats him, which.
0: And that's. Honestly, part of the reason why I think this is even more compelling because, you know, even with Cena coming back, it's like maybe for like a second he thought he might win. Brock is the only guy really in the history, like you just mentioned, of WWE that has really had Roman's number. The only other one you could actually make an argument for, which is kind of funny to think about, is Finn because they haven't fought a lot and like Finn beat him in the big match. But besides that, like you said, Brock has literally beaten Roman every time they met except for that one SummerSlam pretty much. So I think that's also cool because Roman has been, like we said, literally unbeatable, knocking people on his belt. Now he's got the biggest notch he's going to try to fit on that thing. So, And,
1: you know, if I see him standing tall after beating Brock Lesnar, I mean, you got to solidify this as probably one of the best runs ever. Because I, I, I don't think you can even argue that. If, if Brock lays down for him, willing to do it for the money, I mean – literally anybody, nobody is even on the table for for him at that point. I mean, if, if he beats Brock clean, that's it. Like, to me, there's no there's nowhere else to go.
0: There really isn't. Well, it also it also is whoever beats him. Like, that's even more of a moment. And, like, I know a lot of people have the same, like, who's there left for Roman? I mean, obviously Brock was on that list, but still, like, I mean, the Rollins long term story is still on the table. He's still going to beat Finn at some point. And then, the other one, and this, I mean, I really still think they're building for this eventually, is if they can ever get Drew's momentum back, I think they want to do a Drew Roman. I also, in that want to see. And who knows, it depends how they do Survivor Series and if they're both still champs. But Bobby Roman, the way they're constituted now, that would be fun.
1: Yeah, I think Survivor Series would be awesome for that. And I think that Bobby and MVP could do a really good job being on the same level as the Tribal Teeth and you know, Heyman, because I think the oh, mouth yeah. you know, mouthpieces can go and then the guys can go. It's just, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a win-win overall, but that's pretty much SummerSlam overall. What'd you think?
0: I thought besides the major letdown for me in the middle, I think I enjoyed most of it.
1: I didn't get to see it live, obviously, because I was at a commentary at uh, proving grounds, ultimate Alliance, but a special shout out to my boy, Joe Stopper and the, the dummy feds uh, who came out to support us. Um, it was a good time, but uh, I, did, I did watch most of it uh, live when I got home, but then obviously watched it in the morning. It felt like it moved really slow for me, even fast-forwarding through things, but mostly the entrances. But other than that, I think, I think it was more of a 6 out of 10 for me. That's how I felt. It was good. Ooh, yeah, was like- see,
0: I, I I, I, think that definitely could be because you weren't watching live and you probably knew some of the results because I get like that sometimes too. Um, But it just... There was a lot of really good stuff in there that maybe, like when you're just like skimming through, it didn't seem as good. Um, I'd probably give it a seven and a half or an eight, so a little okay. higher. All right, all right. Let's get into the, the
1: regular part of the program. It's always time to be in the shine. Of course, Mandy Rose, yada yada yada. Uh, everybody, yeah. On.
0: Check out her IG if you have from yesterday. That's some shine right there. But National Mania, I'm going back to my favorite thing in wrestling right now, and that is RK Row. We were getting a celebration and. We didn't know what to expect because Riddle planned it. And, uh, you know, as Orton said, just don't make it, like, uh, stupid or whatever. And, and Riddle's like, oh, I would never do that. And it was, it was just kind of funny. But, um, I mean, it was a lot of fun, man. Like, Riddle's a national treasure to me. Like, him sitting lawn for Randy Orton's son, I could watch that all day. It just feels good. I love, like, how they took all the extra pyro from SummerSlam and just blew it up at once. I thought that was a funny thing to see. Um, Riddle giving Randy the scooter. I thought it was funny, but I also love that it paid off because when we had the AJ match, Randy used the scooter and broke the scooter over Omos to help Little finally beat AJ in a singles match. So I enjoyed all of this. I thought I'm glad it main evented. I'm glad it was the last part of the show because to me it was the best part of the show.
1: I really loved everything you talked about, but for me specifically it was... You know, they had the, the scooter, and I thought to myself, oh, the scooter's so stupid. The scooter's so stupid. And Randy's not going to run down with the scooter and all that stuff. But at the very end, he used it on Omas, which I thought was a nice way for them to actually, you know, do that kind of stuff. Because, um, you know, it's Randy Orton, and he's not going to do something like that. Uh, but it did show that a sense of solidarity. And, you know, of course, at the end of the night, they kind of posed and did their thing, and the crowd loved it. So I think it checked a lot of boxes.
0: Uh, you know what else check boxes for me, Nestle Mania? Yes. Oh, but, but no, go, go ahead. Wait,
1: wait, no, no, it's okay. you're, the, you're the shine guy. Go ahead.
0: Who Nestle. Is this feeling a little moist in here? Because you know what I enjoyed thoroughly? It's one of those things where I couldn't take my eye off the TV, and I secretly, really enjoyed it, and that was moist TV uh, with Johnny Drip Drip with special guest Logan Paul, who that asshole was making fun of Baron Corbin. Do you know why the crowd hated him? Only because of that. Not because of anything else he stands for. But this honestly was hilarious to me because it's always funny when you get like non-WWE like people who aren't used to like the crowds like this, just having no idea what to do. Like you tried to like at first, like, oh yeah, but you will learn. I'm just like, dude, that's just going to make it worse. So, you know, back in the in the back, it's just like, man, get out there. Because Miz is a kid you see Johnny like whispering into Logan Paul's ear. I just, I think that shit's hilarious because you can't script it. It just happens when Miz comes out to save the segment. Him and Johnny Drip Drip still doing their little bicker thing. Obviously Miz has a match. Xavier Woods beats him. Um, but the, obviously the big moment happened after the match where Miz finally turned on Morrison. I thought this was a vicious beatdown. We have we've got a lot more of like goofy funny Miz than we have serious bad bad boy Miz for a while. So it was kinda cool to see that. As much as I want these two together, like they're setting up for the biggest moment of Johnny Drip Drip's career, and that's when he beats the Miz. After that, who knows what happens, as we've talked about, but in terms of a segment this week, it was my second
1: favorite thing. So I agree with you. There was a lot of good stuff there, especially with the meat on the bone with the Miz and Morrison in general. And, and Logan Paul, you know, he gets food more than anybody else in this business, it seems. Better than anybody else. Better healed than everybody. Uh, but I am curious, based on the people you watched with on SummerSlam, or with, uh, with people that you watched with SummerSlam, um, you said they loved America's Moist wanted the most. Do you think, based on what we said last week, with this, the gla- or two weeks ago maybe with the glass ceiling, has that changed your perspective that maybe we're wrong? And that there is a higher ceiling uh, for John Morrison.
0: I don't think so because I, I think still think the ceiling for him is to, could he win a mid card title easily? He might go to SmackDown, maybe he wins the IC title, like whatever has a decent run. But I just the next level for me would be like a world title, like I uh, was like a main event guy. Like could he wrestle for a world title and lose? Sure, but I don't think he's ever, God forbid, going to win a champion, a world championship, or anything. So for me, I think he's just a, a mid, a mid to high mid carder. Like, and that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like I said, if you're doing that, you'll have a career forever. You'll have a successful career. And that's pretty much what he's done. So I don't, I don't really need to put more expectations than that on it. I think if you do, you're going to be disappointed because I do think that he just, he can only go so far because I don't think he's a face of the franchise player or someone who comes close to being face of the franchise. So
1: I don't disagree with you but I don't disagree with you at all but I just I'm curious how it feels because it's just it, it he does get a lot of supporters I do see it on Twitter a lot of people love the moist thing I do too it's a great it's a great little you know side thing but you know it's just what are you laughing at
0: the moist thing have
1: <laughs> Sorry well whatever it's not wrong
0: the moist thing
1: <laughs> the moist thing I almost made you spit take there, but it's something. So let's move on to something else that made me very excited. I did not appreciate the opening segment really that much with, you know, whatever's going on with Bobby and and MVP on Raw. But I will say the one thing that really made me excited was backstage after the stupid tag match. I was like Sheamus versus Lashley. I did not think that was going to happen. If that happens, and obviously it's next week, but if that's going to happen at a pay per view with extreme rules written on it, oh, Bubba, Bubba, Uh, I I
0: took it. Yeah, I think next week is going to be fun. I don't think we're going to finish, though, because here's my prediction for Extreme Rules. Fatal four-way, which honestly isn't the worst thing. You get four guys' weapons and let them beat the fuck out of each other. I also think it's an incredible spot for Priest to be in to win that mid-card title and get a chance to challenge for. I think that's cool. Sheamus deserves this. Having him and McIntyre and Bobby and Priest, like, that would be physical. So, yeah, I enjoyed that, too, because it's not something where you see a graphic where it's like, whoa, that's why the kind of theme here of, like, we were going to get Bobby versus Priest and i broken up. I think you tweeted it and other people tweeted it. It's like, on a show full of reruns, when you get something new, you kind of appreciate it. Just looking at the graphics of Lashley Priest and Lashley Sheamus, it's just like something new. It's so refreshing. So, I can't hate it.
1: I'm excited for it because I think that just watching Lashley beat up Sheamus and vice versa will be so much fun. So much fun. So I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to where this goes because – I know Sheamus isn't a babyface by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't think Bobby will be either, but man, I'm excited for that. Like I, I, this is the one match I went. This is like Godzilla, like Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla. This is it. It's kaiju. It's
0: awesome. I love it. Sometimes you just gotta let people fight, and you know they'll fight in this for sure.
1: All right. Anything else that you thought was very shine worthy?
0: The only other thing I had is I'm uh, I'm still enjoying the Mansoor Ali stuff. I love their dynamic week in and week out where. Last week, like, obviously Ali helped Mansoor get the win with the little uh, kick there behind the ref's back on the roll-up. And I like that Mansoor who's supposed to be like the Milky White of Milky White baby face is supposed to be like, man, maybe stay out of my way. And I loved during the match, they kept going to Ali, just, like, listening to him, turning his back at him, kind of laughing, and I like that. You know, uh, he, Mansoor did get the win because gender just, you know, beat him up but for a DQ. But I'm enjoying this little storyline because it's like, it's a lot of fun and like it's one of those things we always like kind of shit on WWE for randomly throwing together tag teams. Well, to me, when you get something like this with same thing with RK Bro, when you're organically building a storyline to make somebody become a cool tag team, that's the formula, man. I think it's awesome. This is a lot of fun. It's a something on raw that I think week in and week out, it's different from a lot of the stuff that we get. I like that they mixed it up by having them kind of you know with gender this as opposed to just like the T-bar and Rip Mace over and over again. So this is a nice little like C-D-E list storyline that I'm enjoying.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely legs there and he still cares about him and I understand that. So that's good. At least it was one of those things I want to do it the right way. I'm going to do it on my own and maybe someday he'll learn differently. And I, I, I totally understand that and I get that, but you know, they, they lost obviously, but like you said, Mansoor did a good job at least trying. And I, I I'm, I'm curious to see how far this will go. I don't know if they'll ever win tag titles. Because they got real issues going forward, it doesn't seem like they can go much further out of it. But I, I'd like to see them get at least a shot at them.
0: I think with the brand split coming up and things shaking out, you never know where it goes. I think because I think it's one of those things like this storyline doesn't have to pay off in a month. This can continue to be a slow burn. Use it to like you have like an undercard tag team feud, and I think someday they definitely could win. I just I think you're right. The imminent future with the Usos and RK Bro not going to happen. But I think down the line, it's definitely a possibility.
1: All right, anything else that you really enjoyed? I feel like we're going over SmackDown too much, but SmackDown was really lead-up for SummerSlam, so it's kind of no, like... No, dude,
0: stop. Well, what I'm saying about even SmackDown, even the stuff that wasn't a lead-up for SummerSlam, I fucking did not enjoy that show at all. It was fucking garbage go-home. Get that out of my face. Horrible. All right, all right
1: bruh. Uh, yeah,
0: bruh.
1: Oh, so by the way, I thought of you the other day because I was listening to the uh, Eric Bischoff podcast, and he actually said to Conrad Thompson, he said, uh, yeah, that's what it is, bruh. And I went, what? Like sixty something years old using breh, but whatever.
0: The shot's always been cool, man. Always been cool.
1: All right, uh, so I guess it's time to get in the heat then, because there's a lot to get to. So I just wanted to say very quickly that uh it's time to get some shit off my television. I'm gonna go over to SmackDown very quickly because Shotzi and fucking Knox win the number one contendership for the four hundredth fucking time. Uh and the the tag team champions are in a jobber alert, by the way, which is goddamn ridiculous. Otis beats Montez, jobber alert, nobody cares. Then Boogs and Nakamura beat Ali, sorry, uh, Apollo and Aziz, jobber alert. That was whatever. Then Zelina loses to Bel Air, jobber alert. There's so many things on this show that I was just like, huh? What? The same thing over and over and over again. Then on Raw, just because I want to get these things out of the way, I just, for the love of me, can't understand some of this shit. You have, let me see where it is. Jobber alert, as of course, uh your boy Ricochet, which we can get into.
0: Bullshit. This whole fucking outside. I don't care if the SmackDown shit it was horrible and didn't get an entrance either. Fuck that. But first off, don't do that to Ricochet. If you let Ricochet and Cross actually have a little bit of a match, it'd probably be good. But you know what? It honestly didn't matter because I think we were all out of it when we fucking saw what Cross came out. <laughs> I mean,
1: he looked—he looked like something out of demolition or SNM, whatever you want to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? This is literally like, like I'm literally looking at this, and I'm just like, what are we doing? I will say, as someone said it in our, uh, our DM chat, like, like hey, at least saw uh, the entrance was right before commercials, so he could miss most of the awfulness. But it was like, they're freaking thin. They're looking at it's like, oh, you know, cross is just—it's not believable without Scarlet. How can we make them cool? Let's put on some fucking stupid thing on his head that makes him look like a moron and give him fucking suspender straps across his chest. It'll be so fucking cool. And it's red because it's raw. Oh my God, like... (laughs) This poor motherfucker, man. This poor motherfucker.
1: He does have sexy suspenders though. That's what I'm gonna call him from now on. Ugh, sexy sexy suspenders. The,
0: it's not even that, it's just
1: that he's got suspenders and he's got like a little bit of like a skirt or like a flap in front of him. So it just overall just doesn't work for me. And it doesn't take him seriously at all. And of course, you know, in NXT, the crowd hated him and tell him, you know, saying please leave and dude, that and, was and, brutal. And
0: hardy. And hardy. Yeah, honestly, so it's one of those things like look at that when I watch shit like that that kind of hurts my heart a little bit. Cause like, I don't really have as much of a connection with carrying cross, like whatever, but just watching that, it's like, like you can say what you want about the guy, but like, he's, you, you know, it's one of those things you work hard. Like this is your thing. Like even the people they don't like, they usually get appreciation too. And if it just stops at like, na na na, hey, hey, goodbye, in the feel like whatever, but just doing the hearty thing, man, the disrespect was just like, I was like, man, I was like, I fucking feel bad for this guy. Like shit, man. Like, Cause it's not it's not all his fault. Like he definitely has his flaws, and he's like this. You know, you can give him like fifteen percent blame, but this poor guy over the last two months has just been fucking dragged through the mud.
1: And they can save him. They all they all know how to save him and rebuild him. We know that's going to be the case. So yeah, not him, him
0: Scarlett, boom. There's your bandage to at least help it heal.
1: Yeah, that's true. Is oh, there any, is there anything that you particularly were upset about besides what you just discussed?
0: No, that was pretty much it. Everything that you mentioned. the McCann Crossing was a big one. Cause yeah, that I, one. Like, nah. yeah. Just gonna, that picture. Like, what are we doing? What are yeah. we doing? Some of the memes that have come out of it are so cool.
1: it's a It's a rough day at the office for him, oh, for sure. It's a rough day. Oh,
0: poor fucking guy. All right, let's get out of
1: this pallet of cleanser and let's do something that's hopeful. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, I got to do something very simple. I was very ecstatic by Monday night when Charlotte was talking and then she got interrupted by Alexa Bliss, and I went, ooh, 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 ooh yeah. Uh, but look, I was so excited for this because there's one thing specifically I wanted to talk about was, uh, yeah, you can say, please don't use the doll, please don't use the doll and everything, but my hope specifically is, is the lead-up for this entire thing has to be Alice in Wonderland... She's the queen of spades. There's smoke and mirrors, reflection, fun house stuff. I want to see all of that stuff, like mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the baddest bitch of them all? Like shit like that, just to make fun of Charlotte being the queen. I want all of those things that you can just take apart and and, and put into this because you can do the extra stuff with Bliss, but you can do a lot of the extra stuff with Charlotte and make it feel different because a lot of the things that Charlotte does, she parades herself out there and she gets booed. She has a great wrestling match, and then you have to boo her again. But with Bliss specifically, when I was looking at this, I went, not that Bliss is gonna beat her, and I don't think it matters at that point, but I will wanna be for the next however many weeks interested and entertained by something that could give Charlotte a lot of legs here with the Queen stuff, with Lily, and also just the just the whole presentation of everything, because whether she's the Queen or she's Cruella Deville, or whether, like you said, you know, the Thor. Infinity Gauntlet, not Thor, excuse me, Thanos, Infinity Gauntlet stuff. I think this is a perfect place here where the Gaga will give me a nice break from the normal Charlotte stuff we are normally dealing with. And she doesn't have to wrestle every goddamn week, for the love of God. But also, Charlotte can really probably make Lily watchable, is what I'm hoping for. And make Alexa Bliss better than she is right now with what she's doing. And I think it's an overall win, so I'm very excited for it, but I need, I want that fun house, that mirror, that, that kind of like Disney villain versus Disney babyface kind of thing going on here. I think, it, I think it'll work in some twisted way, no pun intended. I think it could work. I'm very excited by it, and I'm, I'm hoping that Charlotte comes out kind of darker after all this.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is, I think where the National and JC and Cindy stones combine to like really appreciate something is you can cover all like the extra stuff and the detective stuff and really bring that home to life. It'd be awesome. And I can just simply say that Charlotte and Alexa, they're two of the biggest stars in the company period, two of the most over women who get reactions no matter what about their shit. Um, they're two of the better promos in the entire company um charlotte's someone who really hasn't got to use that as much recently and really entered this gaga world whereas alexa has been living in it for almost the full year now so i think all of that stuff together just makes this not only refreshing because it's new but it's also awesome because we've talked about like the raw women's division being a fucking shit show well charlotte can solidify it at the top alexa bliss as the top contender makes so much sense They also, hey, you look at the two Raw Women's Feuds at SummerSlam. I love when it's like the person who wins the B feud now is the moves on to the A feud. That's literally like how you're supposed to draw it up. So everything about this is great. When these two have met in the past, they've had very good matches too. So I think that's something to look forward to because I think having someone who's almost the opposite size-wise and everything of Charlotte makes it a lot more interesting. So I am very excited for this. I'm very, very excited for this. All right. What's your hope? So my hope, I keep it off the top, is about CM Punk, CM Punk. Because you know what? I, I fired off a tweet with a bunch of like CM Punk matches that could happen to AEW. Didn't even have enough characters to add all the ones I wanted. But there's one in particular, and I was thinking, like something I would love to see that would really get my fucking heart pumping and my pants tent going crazy right off the rip is, we know he's facing Darby Allin at all. Else. I think CM Punk's going to win. I think CM Punk should win. Cause I don't think it'll matter him beating Darby Allen as long as they have a great match. And I think they will. But what I'm looking for is where do we go next with punk? Well, I don't want to waste any time because I want Maxwell Jacob Frieden, Friedman. I haven't botched his name to come out with Wardlow and beat the living fuck out of absolutely murder. Cause there's an argument this could possibly close the show. So, you know what? MJF, is already one of the biggest stars they have. He's the best heel they have. I think his Jericho thing, maybe they have a little bit more to finish up it all out. But I'm ready for him to move on from that to something else. And if he's not going for the title, I want him to go after what's probably bigger than the title right now. And that's fucking CM Punk. And it's one of those things where it would just it just be a perfect thing to get the biggest heel versus the most over thing. Have it clash. Like, you could then continue the storyline where literally, like, You could These two on the promos going back and forth Like oh my god wet dream city So I just I think this would be a cool way To get right into it afterwards It'd be a good way to keep these two away from the title For a while longer so we can get Hangman back in there Finally to take out fucking Kenny fucking too many belts there So that's my hope man I want it I want MJF versus CM Punk Get these guys going a different way I want it And I want it now
1: Awesome I love it MJF is a big deal Obviously my comeback as we go into Comebacks now I am going to give mine to Brock Lesnar. Obviously, to me, CM Punk made the needle move the most. I think Brock was second behind that. Becky not so much after that. But I am very excited to see where this goes with Brock Lesnar. I think, more importantly, I think Paul Heyman's going to do a great job on both sides playing ping pong. But also, there's a lot of things going on here for me where I think Brock can give back to a lot of the younger guys. I want to see a Keith Lee Brock Lesnar. I want to see all these other things that can happen. So for me, when he came back with that goddamn ponytail, I laughed, but I thought this was fucking awesome. He's more terrifying with the ponytail, apparently. So I'm very excited. That's my comeback this week, Barack Lesnar. JC, what's up with you? I love
0: it. I love it. And CM Punk is a great comeback. But you know what, WrestleMania? I'm mixing it up. My comeback is going to go to something that isn't even going to be on your radar. And that's because it happened also last night, I believe. And, you know, we have a new uh, article. Weekly on com. Our boy TJ is doing Reign of honor. So my comeback is going to my girl, Quinn McKay. You've got to read his article to find out what she did, but they have a women's tournament going on. But I'm giving her my comeback. She's great. Um, and you should check it out because TJ is great. So check out his article on knocker.com
1: You used a plug for your comeback?
0: I mean, it's just, I, it's, I felt like one of those things like, I could give it to CM Punk. I give it to Brock Lesnar. I give it to the Brood theme song. Like All great things, but... We fucking talked about that shit, and it's awesome. But, so I was like, you know what? You know what else I love? Quinn McKay. Why he didn't? Wh- but
1: why couldn't you give TJ the comeback for starting up Ring of Honor?
0: TJ's comeback to Jason. But you could just give TJ the comeback. But this no, but this is his second article, oh, okay. so it would be kind of like it would kind of ruin the sanctity of the comeback. So I gave it to Quinn McKay, and by boosting her, I also boosted him.
1: I'm sure he'll take it up with you later. But anyway, we appreciate. Go check out what TJ does over there. By the way, TJ just launched an article about CM Punk, his thoughts about CM Punk returning, and what it could mean going forward for AEW and other things around the corner. So check that out over at Jabberknocker.com. And TJ has been on a tear writing lately. So thank you, TJ, for doing all the hard work as well as Dom and Joe and everybody else. Okay, now it's time to big, big old finish. You want to talk NXT? Do you want to talk AEW? What would you like to talk about?
0: Uh, you know what? Let's stick with the AEW thing because they're there. Because uh, Wednesday they have another local show on Dynamite. Uh, CM Punk will be making his uh, first appearance. Probably do a thing. But we also have some matches in WrestleMania. Let's run through them quickly and you can tell me if you care. Varsity Blondes versus Lucha Bros.
1: Don't care, Lucha Bros. Moving on.
0: Orange Cassidy versus Jerry Ach- Matt Hardy. Not even a little. I can't wait till Orange Cassidy beats him. Red Velvet and Jamie Hayter.
1: Jamie Hater's winning because he returned, so that's pretty much it. But Red Red Velvet's been doing good, but it doesn't peak the needle for me.
0: Malachi Black in action against Brock Anderson.
1: Brock Anderson looks like he's 50 years old, like, hold my beer, bro. <laughs> Malachi is going to beat him with a if, – if Cody Rhodes had to eat a kick, don't you think beer-swigging Brock is going to take a big kick like 30 <laughs> seconds into this matchup?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, Last question about um, AEW Dynamite because there's a potential someone could debut there because it's no secret that Adam Cole's contract with NXT ran out on Sunday night. He didn't show up on Raw, but we have, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was part of the NXT taping. Doubt it. Um, But we have AEW on Wednesday, Friday, also SmackDown on Friday. Do you think he shows up on any of those three shows?
1: I think you're going to be waiting for a little bit. I think you're going to wait I mean, they might make it. They're gonna they're gonna milk it on Monday next week, a little bit more for BTE. So I'd say if you're gonna see Adam Cole, it's gonna be at All Out. That's what I think. That's the big surprise I think for All Out. I think they're gonna do that, but that's just me. Personally, anyway. I think,
0: I think you're going to begin continually getting teas after teas after teas for this guy on all their shows like they already do on Twitter, which I think is kind of fun. but we'll see. Yeah, uh, But yeah, that leaves us with an XK TakeOver. Our boy Dom, I believe, uh, wrote an article recap. So check that out. But we can go over it quickly here. What was your biggest takeaway from TakeOver?
1: Well, I, I you know, people are going to hate me for this. The best part for me was Grimes and. You know, L.A. Knight and DiBiase. I thought that was a great told story. I really enjoyed it. I loved the Million Dollar Gear by Grimes. I thought that was so fun. You know, having having uh, DiBiase cheat twice was great. I thought that was wonderful. So for me, I really, as a kid, nostalgic-wise, I really enjoyed that matchup the most. The other matches on the card, I felt like they were decent, but it felt like a swan song. It felt like... You know the good times don't last. It's just that's when I was watching it, I thought Raquel, Raquel and Dakota did a decent job, but I've soured on Raquel completely. I think she's she's overhyped, and she's not she's not living up to the moment. So this really bothered. Your fault. What? You
0: cursed
1: her. It's your fault. Yeah, no, you're right. It absolutely is my fault. But that- <laughs> so that that's hard for me because that really bothered me. Um, I, I didn't fall in love with the Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. I thought that was kind of terrible, in my opinion. Most of it felt rushed. And again, a submission, fall, you know, I, I didn't like that. Uh, Samoa Joe, you know, turtle, turtle, turtle. Slow as molasses against the, you know, s and cross was just, it's hard for me to watch that. But again, the only thing, the other thing was that Dragonoff made me a fan after that matchup. I thought th- those were the two shining moments for me was Grimes and Dragunov just doing amazing work. Walter doing a great job. And I was surprised that Walter tapped out as well. It was just it felt like a lot of submission things were happening, uh, two back to backs I think almost or very close to one another. And overall in the night, I just felt like, and maybe it's because I watched and I started to know what's going on with Nick Khan and all that stuff. But it felt like to me like it it made me more depressed than anything else. Like think of what NXT was, and now it seems like it's a shell of what it, it what it, it you know it was in its heyday. And so it hurts my feelings a little bit.
0: Uh, Well, for me, I think you just buried the two biggest things. I thought the Dragunov-Walter match was awesome. And Dragunov also made me a fan. One of my favorite matches, I think. I think it was the best match of the weekend, in my opinion. Again, I loved the tap out as well. But the other thing for me, I love that Kaylee Ray finally arrived. uh, Because I think she's someone who can really help Raquel, in terms of especially in the ring. Much like Dakota, kind of help her get through some of those hurdles that she might be struggling with. So those were my two biggest takeaways. Uh, Samo and Snow are winning the title three time, whatever. But here's the thing about the whole NXT thing, we can talk about this real quick, um, is that I haven't, I don't really see it as a bad thing because we're talking about not as good as the heyday. Well, it seems like the way that I took his comments isn't kind of like the way other people are seeing them, I guess, is that NXT was always like, yeah, you could call it a stepping stone but it was also a chance for people to prove themselves and learn and get them ready for the next level. Whether they succeeded or not, it was a case-by-case basis, but I love the OG NXT, and I think that's kind of what they're going to, where it's more like, you don't have these guys who, like, their goal is to stay there forever. The goal should be, like, is to reach the highest level of NXT and then move on, and I think that's kind of how it was. Like, I didn't take it as, like, they're never going to sign indie guys again. I took it more of, like, yeah, they're going to have a lot more in-house talents to try to build more Roman Reigns, Bianca Belair, Baron Corbin's, these people who they literally molded. But I also think they might still sign some Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn's, have them kind of be down there, kind of be like, you know, we like a lot of the stuff that you do, but we're going to, you know, maybe add some things to your repertoire and make you a little different. That's the way I took it. So I honestly don't see it as a negative. I'm curious to see how they do it. It's obviously disappointing, um, that like in terms of it feels like it's going backwards, but I don't think in the long run it's going to be a bad thing because I think the biggest problem with NXT is it kind of got a little too similar to the other stuff. And I think the reason why we love NXT is that it was so different. And I feel like they're going to get back to that. It's going to be more of like, you know, not steal your guys' name, but like more of a proving ground. You know, you guys have a good name there.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And there's like 400 proving grounds in the United States alone. But, (laughs) But I will say this much. It really does bother me a little bit because Nick Khan, I don't necessarily... I don't really care whether I, I watched the longer interview that he had on YouTube and I thought he did a great job articulating how he felt. And I think he gets a bad rap. He's, he's very charming when I watched him, He you know, he's very well-spoken and he does, you know, he's, he's where he's supposed to be for a reason. He's very good at it. Um, so I, I tend to give him a little bit more slack when I, I'm thinking about what, what's going on here. However, for NXT to be something, I mean, it's, it's, it's known now that they're going to tape today. Uh, sorry, yesterday and today or, or, or whatever going forward. Uh, they're going to tape a bunch of stuff and then it's going to be, you know, renovation kind of stuff. So, I- I'm curious to see, you know, in the next month or two what happens. But I-, I am hopeful that the people that I know down there or the people that are are sort of blossoming uh, don't lose their jobs. I don't want anybody to lose their jobs because of something like this. So, we had a conversation. There's about 10 people in the Rasa that are above 30, 40. Uh, they're on the backside of 30 anyway that uh, don't necessarily shouldn't be hanging in NXT. So, I think that's part of the problem. I think that... Triple H did so well creating a culture there that people didn't want to leave because they were kind of afraid of the marionette puppet up on Raw and SmackDown. So I under, I understand that. But it, So as successful as Triple H is, he kind of made his he's his own worst enemy in a way. So I, I am curious to see how this goes because it, I, NXT for the last year or two has been something I don't really care about as much. Um, and that's not because the, the action hasn't been good. It's just in terms of what we do when we're talking about it, I feel like we have other people covering it too a lot of the time. So I don't want to be like everybody else. So it's it's odd. It's an odd feeling to feel, but I will definitely keep an eye on NXT because I think you're right. I think they're going to go back to what brought them, but I think people are going to definitely hate change and be frustrated by
0: it. Shocking. People hate change. It's just like it's, it's, could it be bumpy? Sure, but again, it's one of those things where it's like Triple H is still going to be the mastermind. I think the changes that Nick Khan and his people are making are more. He's a businessman, so they're thinking business wise. They're telling certain expectations to Triple H. Now it's his job as a creative guy and a talent guy to make it all work. And you know what? This motherfucker made it from nothing into something amazing. So he can clearly do it again because they got plenty of pieces. Like you said, there's a lot of extremely talented people down there. And I think those young people that you might be referencing, I think it's going to work out a lot better for them in the long run because they're going to get more opportunities to prove themselves. And then whatever's going to happen, what's going to happen? Because this doesn't mean that every single person that sees it will succeed. That's never been the case. But – We've seen cases that do work and we've seen cases that don't work, but the ones who do work are now some of the biggest stars in wrestling. So,
1: very true, very true. That's probably a good place to stop. Do you have anything else you'd like to say?
0: I got nothing but just uh, five stars, five flames, and all the podcast apps. Jobberknocker.com. We pimped it a lot, but there's a ton of good shit. TJ's new article, our weekly stuff. T public.com slash Jobberknocker, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Jobberknocker, all the staff boys. Uh, Twitters are in the description of this podcast, so follow everyone, like all their tweets, tell everyone how they great, or they are except for Nestlemania, tell them he stinks.
1: Thank you, appreciate that. On that note, we appreciate you listening to the Jabberknocker. We'll be back next week with more Jabberknockery!
0: And the culture of personality!